Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Joining me today, he's an author, a keynote speaker, the host of the Bucket List podcast, the founder and CEO of the Bucket List Coach, and known as the Bucket List Guy, it's Trav Bell. How are you doing today, Trav? Hey, Alex. Uh, Stoked to be on the show, mate. Yeah. Hi from Australia, everybody. I'm excited to hear all about your Rise of the Challenge. So what we'd like to do first is talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Yeah, I was, um, I'm here in uh, a place called Ocean Grove, which is about an hour and a half out of Melbourne here in, uh, the, which is the lower part of Australia, if anyone's been there before. And uh, I'm from the future. So it's, uh, I think we're, <laughs> it's Tuesday here. It's, it's Monday where you are. Um, growing up, I grew up basically down here in Ocean, Ocean Grove, moved away for 20 years and then come back down here about five or six years ago because um, the ocean on the surface, so I love surfing, grew up surfing, surf, you know, surf life-saving, swimming, um, pretty much as a jock, you know, a jock, as you say, in America my whole life. And uh, so for the first 20 years of my life, I, I uh, was in, involved in the personal fitness training industry, you know, um, and one of the first, to fran- uh, the first to franchise personal training in Australia. Uh, back in the early kind of 90s and then got out of that and got into what I'm what I'm doing now. When you were growing up and you found surfing, was that like the first thing that you found or did you kind of have to get comfortable with it? Of course, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, uh, when you, when, look, when you grow up on the beach, it becomes a little bit more natural um to undertake that and you know just understand the ocean and my my dad um was uh a, a good surfer and uh, a surf lifesaver like a lifeguard as well so that it kind of came natural that i was hanging around the beach as what we call a nipper which is a or a grommet which is a a young surfer young surf lifesaver and so just growing up growing up like that was um yeah, more of a more of a natural probably for most, and my affinity with the ocean has has um, has been, I guess, quite natural. When you're surfing, what's the hardest thing that challenged you about it? Uh, big waves and uh, nearly drowning. Getting uh, I've been chased out of the water by sharks. There's some big sharks down here. Um, but yeah, and then you got competition, you know, I'm not getting any younger as well. So trying to compete against all the young crew that I used to be, I used to be, uh, one of, uh, back in the day, but, um, yeah, they're, they're kind of the biggest challenges, but, you know, trying to, trying to get a, like a big, but and, and into a wave that's really critical and take off on time and trying to get, you know, the ultimate in surfing is trying to get uh, barreled, you know, get a get a wave that goes over your head and you look through the tube of it. Um, so trying to get that is probably the most challenging thing, but that's like, you know, it's the most challenging, but it's also the ride of your life on the other side. I mean, we see in the movies all the time where they have those perfect waves, like you mentioned, and it's like when you do it in real life, it's like, um, where is this? Like, where is that thrill? I mean, because you mentioned sharks. I'm like, if I see a shark, I'm done. Like, nope, get me out of the water. But that, I mean, that's yeah. for me. I'm a Midwest guy. So 
we don't have yeah. the ocean. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm not used to that yeah. life. Even though I say, yeah, I want to live on, by the water and all that, but then it's like, nope, keep me away from that area. Well, you, you got some you, you got some strange critters and animals where you are too, I guess. So uh, you know, we we just, I mean, where I'm looking out at the ocean right now, I'm 500 meters away from it. I can check the surf as we speak, and um, it's just just yeah. I guess a, a a surfer always knows that you know you're going into their territory. It's not the other way around, and they have right away, not you. Uh, you're you're the foreign object <laughs> so that's just an understanding and see most most surfers who do get attacked by sharks or or do have an encounter um they understand you know they're back out there it's like well it's not their fault did you have any motivations or inspirations growing up someone that you looked up to that's a good question i um yeah my swimming coach was pretty uh was was pretty um significant in my life growing up um and he he instilled he exposed me to uh personal development things like visualization psychology uh really early on when i was you know from from the age of 12 and uh you know from what i do now is is those principles i guess that were taught to me they're imprinted in me early on have carried through and I've really had to draw on them, you know, during different challenges in my life. And as of the, at the end of the day, it's funny, you know, given what I do now, it's, uh, you know, I, I really was a sponge early on in my life. Talk about those challenges that you went through. What's something that you had to find in yourself to overcome those obstacles? Uh, well, it's it's not so much. Um, I, I guess I, I guess uh, different challenges because I, I've been through, you know, been through a mild. When I say I'm, I went through a depression, but it was quite mild compared to what I've heard with other people. Um, and for me, it was you know always always having to concentrate or, or focus in on my why, being persistent, determined, um, being abundantly minded rather than scarcity minded, getting around good people, positive people, getting rid of negative influences in your, in your, uh, in your own ecosystem, you know, making the hard decisions, what to say yes to, what to say no to. These are all things that, that kind of guide us in the right way. Right. And, things that um, we learn, people that we hang around with, the events that we go to, the books that we read, all have a, a positive influence. You know, coaches, mentors, etc., as well, um, all have a positive influence. And I think it's important, especially if you're in business too. The hardest thing about business is the fact that, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And, you know, my my advice to any entrepreneur or anyone starting a business is be prepared to be punched six times and get up on the seventh you know and and at the end of the day that's why a lot of small business owners fail um and the statistics are crazy but it really is a a, a persistence game a, a determination game a concentrating on your vision your mission kind of game as well so i've had to rely on 
heap of different resources over the years to get me through challenges. It's been, uh, yeah, every day there seems to be one. But, um, you know, right now we're in a pretty good spot. You mentioned a great point about like kind of keeping those negative influences out of your life. I know from my experience during this pandemic, I had to really do like a self-reflection in a way where I had to think, what's, the, what's important to me? And like, who are those important people? Who are the people that are making sure I'm doing okay? And sometimes you have to make those sacrifices where I'm not getting rid of a person in my life. It's just, we're taking a break in a way. And Maybe we just can't talk to each other every day. And sometimes we can not talk for three months and we just pick up the conversation right away. But it's kind of like, what's important to me right now? And there's been a lot of changes with friendships. Because this is the perfect yeah. timing to see who are those true friends or even with family. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think what COVID, COVID has really shown, and I was just having this conversation, Alex, with a friend of mine last week. I think what COVID has really shown is is uh, uh, like a, uh, the tide has gone out on people and it's exposed people. Mm -hmm. um, some people have really bought into the whole conspiracy theory and look, true or false, whatever, but don't make every single post on Facebook and Instagram and everything else be about like conspiracy theory. Like get over it, mate. Like get it on. You're obviously not busy enough doing positive things out there that you have to concentrate on the negative. So that's taught me a lot about some people. It's really been interesting. And like you just said, I've, I've um, culled some people, I've defriended people. I've just, because we, we've got the ability, we've got this, this ability a lot of people don't realize is to control our inputs. When this whole thing broke, I, I was watching the news like, I kind of am now to look at your president and go, is he, is he going to live? Is he going to stay with us? You know, old Donald, um, you know, and you find yourself watching. I found myself watching the news when there's this break and you'd look at, you know, daily death tolls and you'd look at, you know, the local cases and all this sort of thing and just, you know, watching and then worrying about it and you'd start your day and then you'd finish your day like that. It's like, no wonder we're all depressed, right? And so I found myself getting a little bit too interested, too obsessed by, uh, by what was going on and then going, you know what? Um, and then getting really pissed off, but then realizing, hey, dickhead, you, can, you, you don't have to watch that TV. You don't have to watch, you don't have to listen to the news. You don't have to hang around those people. You don't have to, you know, uh, go to their story on social media. You don't have to. You don't have to buy into it. You can control your inputs. Now, whether it's COVID or whether it's the broader picture of negative inputs that just don't add to you and where you're going, you know that power is is really within all of us that we can make those decisions like today and start to control those inputs to be more positive, more life affirming um and more reinforcing to where we're where we're going right and so for me i've done a uh i've done a big stock take and, and probably like yourself over the last few months that's for sure i think social media has played a big part in like we talk about mindset on the show a lot and how we have to keep a positive mindset to keep ourselves going and 
you mentioned with negative impacts and inputs, it kind of deteriorates what direction you're going because now you were on this path, but now you just took a left turn. And mm. definitely with social media, everything, you see the same posts all the time that's coming up. And I've kind of had to say, I got to take a break. Like, take, mm. shorten the amount of time that I'm using social media and try to mm. be positive and do things that are going to make me do better today. And so yeah. it's not like I'm blocking out everything. It's just I'm not going to try to consume everything that people are trying to tell me because that's where people are trying to say, no, you should think this way. No, you should think that way. It's like, we're our own people. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the part yeah. where we have to continue going and keep that positive. It's a real, here's the th it's a real thing. I, just before COVID-19 broke, uh, I was due to do a talk on because uh, i talk a lot about mental health in relation to bucket lists and you know bucket list is obviously the filter of the lens that i talk everything through but really bucket list is the foundation of it is about positive psychology and positive psychology is the science of happiness essentially how to how to help people find more meaning more purpose more fulfillment more gratitude in their life um just do it with this kind of cool bucket list brand over the top of it um, I was due to do a talk at one of the local universities to six, 700 PhD students. And um, it was actually about this thing called the loneliness epidemic, the loneliness epidemic. It's actually a thing. And we know what a pandemic is and we know what how serious a pandemic is now. That's obvious. But an epidemic is creeping up there. And it's called the loneliness epidemic. Google it. It's a real thing. It's the adverse effect of social media and, and the adverse effect that social media is actually having on, on people. Um, because really, we live in a world now, uh, sadly, where we're all comparing our behind-the-scenes footage with someone else's highlights reel. Um, and, and we'd like to think that we're all connected, but we're actually disconnected. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. You know, when was the last time you picked up a phone and actually talked to someone? You know, we're just doing that less and less. And instead of meeting someone and, and catching up on how things, you already know what's going on with that person's life. Um, and when you do catch up, you, you, everyone's doing this. Yeah. And it's like, wow, we are, we are really disconnected, even though we think we're connected. And, and, you know, the stats don't lie on, on this loneliness epidemic. It's, it's massive. I totally, I totally agree. What was that dream job that you were wanting growing up? What was that specific occupation? I do it. Oh, so you wanted I, to be an entrepreneur and all that. Mate, I, 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 Alex, you, you read it out at the start. I literally run around the world doing my bucket list. I have for the last 10 years. I run around the world as the bucket list guy doing my bucket list. And then people pay me lots of money per hour to go into their conferences and or events and talk about my bucket list. And uh, I hopefully inspire others to go out there and live their bucket list before they get given a use by date themselves. So I get more my bucket list is a tax deduction than has been for the last 10 years. And I get to run around doing stupid shit. And uh, there's always a story to tell and people pay me to talk about that, those stories. I mean, that sounds like a fun job. Like you're completing your bucket list, but then you're helping. No, it's not a job, mate. No, it's not a job. It's, it's a, um, 
I, when I do say it out loud to people, you know, I'm on flights or whatever, they go, what, what do you do? Look, my parents still don't understand what I do, but you know, now as I guess, I guess that, that, that kind of, I'm a, I, I guess for, to help people um, compartmentalize what I do, I'm a, I'm a professional speaker. I'm a, I'm a coach. Um, and I'm also an, an author and I'm also an entrepreneur. So now we've got, uh, certified bucket list coaches teaching my intellectual property in the way I do programs um, in 22 countries around the world as well. So we we've got a, I've got a team, uh, a global team that runs that runs that business for me. So I'm the founder of that, CEO of that, and uh, but they you know they're doing a lot of a lot of the running around uh, looking after our coaches. So our coaches are now doing our programs out there in the world in different languages and different currencies and helping people that I'd never get to in my lifetime. So the cool thing is, is I, we've, we've had the ability to scale the message um, to an even broader, um, broader group of people around the world, which is really cool. So were you able to go to college or university and pursue something to help build that kind of mentality for your career path? No, I did a phys ed degree. So oh. I, I did a human move or exercise physiologist, I, I guess by trade. That, so, uh, you know, that, that led me on to do personal fitness training. Or well, like I said before, one of the first personal trainers kind of running around Melbourne here in Australia. And uh, that led me to, uh, yeah, that was a good footing. This is pre-internet. So this is, uh, you know, early, early days. And then in the sort of mid nineties, I started personal training down here in Melbourne. Was there but not? That was that was the the uh, the learnings, I guess, the foundation for doing that. You mentioned that you were kind of one of the first personal trainers running around doing it. Was it just not a concept at that time, or was it like a brand new thing? And you said pre-internet, so there wasn't a way to get it out there. No, the um, it was just a. a you know the personal fitness train. There was gyms, but per the personal fitness training industry wasn't actually that evolved. It had been evolved in America for for quite some years, Canada, UK to a certain extent, and Australia caught on in the sort of mid nineties. Personal training only really started in the eighties, late eighties, um, in America, and then uh, sort of nineties it started as an industry. And uh, I guess I was one of the pioneers uh, here in Australia doing that. What did you enjoy the most about personal training? Helping people. So helping them, you know, and their and their and their psychology. No, I like. I've I've always said like we we did nearly two million personal training sessions, tens of thousands of clients and their families. You know, um, nearly three hundred personal trainers working for me under that under that brand, and um, and I. Uh, I loved helping people, but, but more importantly, um, with their psychology, you know, and that's why I do what I do now is I was always, always been interested in psychology. If I wasn't doing what I do now, talk about dream job, I'd be, uh, oh, look, I might go into it later on. Who knows? But, you know, I was always interested in psychology, um, and always fascinated with it and how the mind worked and, you asked about dream job before and I just remembered that uh, one of my dream jobs would be a professional surfer. I'd love to do, I'd love to be a professional surfer. Um, we've got this thing called ability getting in my way. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
but at the end of the day, uh, psychology is why I love personal training. I mean, at the end of the day, 95% of people would come in and say exactly the same thing in terms of their, what their results. I'm going to lose weight, tone up. It's like, oh, shit, haven't heard that before. Yeah, but it's the psychology that actually gets your results. I mean, people, people know, they know what to eat. They want, know what not to eat. They know what exercise to do. They know what exercise not, you know, not to do to keep safe. But whether they do all that or not is a different thing. So that's why we've got to put them in a headlock kick their ass and uh and and, but you know people don't a lot of people just don't have that in 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 in-house ability and or uh they need to outsource that that accountability that that inspiration motivation and that's why coaches that's why personal trainers all exist i mean it's the same with every area of your life most people know exactly exactly what to do to get results but but their psychology holds them back so you know, if you have to get a coach, if you have to get a mentor, if you have to get around around people, do that. You know, to um, uh, to mirror, then fair. You know, fair enough. So you know, pay to play. I think you mentioned it's a lot of people say that they know what to do, but then it's more of the effort to actually go and do it. Because I've been guilty yeah. of that before, where I have this all planned out. And then if one day I'm off, it's just, it just goes downhill because it's like my mind is not focused on the task at hand. And I kind of realized that I have to get it together in a way. And I've been making progress, but I feel much better about myself. It kind of gives me, I can do anything now. And so Mm. it's definitely one of those things. Accountability is the hardest part of the process. Coming up with a game is easy. Yes and no, because, you know, your actions are a result of your belief systems. Your belief systems are a result of your, um, your identity, you know, and, and if you've got a particular kind of identity, a construct around how you see health and fitness or how you see money or how you see business or whatever, you've got a certain identity around that and that's been formed you know, during your childhood, during your teenage years. And uh, that stuff is a lot of that stuff is unconscious. And you don't know why you're not doing the things that you know you should be doing. But you and we self-sabotage, we comfort eat, we, we, um, we go back to these shitty habits. And, and a lot of people aren't conscious of why they're doing what they're doing, or they're not conscious of the decisions that they're making, and and really, um, really the reasons why they're making those decisions in the first place. Why do I always like I get results, and then I, and then I somehow self sabotage, and I come back to, you know, my default patterning. Why do I always do that? Why do I? Um, make a lot of money and then somehow it just slips through my fingers and I go back to, you know, scrounging around and, and, you know, scarcity kind of mindset. Why does that always happen? Why, you know, and why do I go into, I, I get a great relationship and then I screw it up somehow and I go back to this stupid me again. What? So a lot of people uh, struggle to break through that, 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 that threshold of uh, comfortability or, or knowing for themselves and um, to go to the next level. 
Um, and that, that a lot of that is uh, belief patterning, uh, yeah, belief system patterning. So, and that, that stuff's, you know, formed pretty early on. Can you change it? You can change everything. Definitely. You can change every, every bit of psychology in you if you want to, you know, um, but there's a process and a, and a way to do that. During that time of building your brand, what was the most challenging thing you had to do in building the brand and getting it to where you wanted it to be? Well, um, when uh, someone actually called me the bucket list guy and uh, after the first, I, I put on, after I got out of personal training, I got into, um, you know, I, I, I put on a talk and then I packaged in all the stuff that I'd learned from all the personal development courses that I'd, I'd learned, you know, been going to and all my entrepreneurial history. I put on a talk, nearly had to pay the 40 people to come to that talk. And um, I started sharing my list to do before I die. I always had one written down since I was 18. A lot of people didn't know that about me. And so I started sharing this list and it really inspired people. And then someone at the end of it said, um, how drive hell's all this list to do before you die stuff has pumped everyone up. Everyone's really um, excited by it. It's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. And then I, uh, that night I went home and registered the bucketlistguy.com with no idea how I was going to monetize that brand, but it just felt congruent. Right. Um, so the hardest thing was actually, like being a serial entrepreneur is where to focus my attention. Uh, that was one of the hardest, the hardest challenges and um, what to say no to, what to say yes to. But when I registered the bucketlessguy.com, I was also on, um, on Google and I'm like searching for the, you know, the world's number one expert, you know, who's like the Mac daddy, who's like the thought leader in this. Oh, look, no one. So I literally called myself the world's number one bucket list expert. And it's stuck ever since and no one's challenged me. Um, so you got to stake your claim or uh, throw yourself in the deep water and learn how to swim. Right. So to answer your question, um, it's putting on those big shoes and then, and then walking in those big shoes and, and, um, and having a, uh, reverse engineering that brand has probably been the hardest thing. And, how do I how do I go beyond Australia? You know, how do I how do I go into America and do this? How do I go into other areas around the world? And um, and you've got, you know, we all suffer to a certain degree of imposter syndrome, you know. But I've got no one else to blame by mys- you know, but myself because I called myself the world's number one bucket list expert, and I've been reverse engineering that ever since. So that's been a hard part of of my brand um, journey, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's 10 years later, you know, a bunch of different countries, TEDx talk, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm the world's number one by, by, by what I do, but stuff it, you know, <laughs> I'm too old to really care what other people <laughs> think these days. <laughs> Were you coming up with the bucket list brand while you were uh, owning the fitness studio and the fitness training no. program or this came no. after? After. So how did you know that it was ready for, you were ready for a change? Because I, I'd been through uh, a pretty sad patch in terms of my depression and a lot of, a lot of things came on top of me, relationship, business, 
Um, love the impact of personal training, but I, 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 I lost passion for, uh, for that industry and for my, for my businesses. And, uh, and, you know, like I've been doing it for 20 years and I thought, no, I've got to make a change. And I had, you know, it was around the same time that the world, uh, the world was fully going online. You know, Tim Ferriss, if you know Tim Ferriss, had just come out with his book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And I read that at a really poignant time and thinking, God, I'd love, you know, like I had all these big commercial leases and this sort of thing. I'd love to just get rid of all of that and work online. That would be, you know, that would be free to me. That would be absolutely awesome. And now, now it's just a given, you know, that's what we kind of do these days. But, you know, that was a real um, uh, polarizing thought pattern. I was really indifferent to, to the norm. And, and here's this, and this is where the whole digital nomad sort of scene kind of spawned from, um, from Tim Ferriss and a few others, Chris Gillibu and, you know, people working online, like working from a laptop wherever they are in the world. It was a really foreign concept. And I'm thinking, God, I'd love to just travel around the world and, you know, um, go from Wi-Fi hotspot to Wi-Fi hotspot and do this. And, um, and so I just made it my mission to go after that goal and, and uh, the, the bucket list guy brand fitted in perfectly with that. So, um, and we've been doing that ever since. So was there like a, a small period of time where you kind of had to stick back and kind of reevaluate what was next for you? Make sure you were on oh, no. track. I just travel. I, I, I made a, I made a, an executive decision to just sell off all my, all my gems, um, got them to rebrand and then just said, I'm out. And someone like, yeah, someone like, no, don't go. But I just had to, had to do what made me happy. And, um, I just sort of had it. So I, I made the decision and, um, and it was scary, but at the end of the day, you got to back yourself. And that, that's the, the, the strength of an entrepreneur, you've got to back yourself, right? Yeah. When you are going to do like a keynote speaking event or a TED talk, what's your mission and what are what kind of message are you trying to give the listeners that are there? Well, if you watch my TED talk, it's called Life's Too Short by me, Trev Bell, and it's about helping people wake up before they get given a use by date. Real simple. It's like I, it's like I come into rooms and I give everyone a virtual cancer diagnosis and and tell them that life's way too short and, and time is running out. And they, if they're thinking about thinking about you know doing and writing and actioning their bucket list, well now is the time to get going on that. And don't don't wait until it's too late. Help people live a regret-free life rather than a regretful life. Um, and one of the catch cries that I say in the TED talk there is people are dying at forty and they're being buried at eighty. People are dying at 40 and being buried at 80. There's a lot of people just sleepwalking through their life, mate. And you probably know people like that as well. They're living by default, not by design. So I want to help people live more intentionally um, so they're happier. And, and, um, and they're, they're, they're not just existing, they're actually living. Because um, we know that so many, you know, like depression, anxiety, this loneliness epidemic that I mentioned before, the overprescription of antidepressants, suicides, youth suicides, this shit's all going up. Like the statistics are so scary. Um, so I'm, do, I'm trying through this lens of bucket list, 
I'm trying, and with my coaches now around the world, we're trying to give people real tools, real tools based on positive psychology principles that can really help people, you know, be happier and get out and, and really live more intentionally, live with more happiness and not just for them, but for their, for their kids. And so they can be a better partner, better leader in their business, better, you know, um, better everything. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I've done this for 10 years and I've seen, uh, I've had so many people where the lights just gone on, you know, the lights just come on and people have, you know, I've had people come up to me after seminars, mate, and gone, you know what, I've been on suicide watch. I'm going through depression right now. What you said about, you know, I, 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 I'm not a motivational speaker. I, I speak very very fucking bluntly and I'm really clear on that and so what I what I tend to do is wake people up you know not to scare the shit out of them although that might be the effect I'm not and by the way I'm not telling them how they should must need to have to live their life it's just here's here's another perspective try it on get back to me a lot of people have got back to me over the last few, you know, last 10 years of doing this, whether I'm speaking from a stage, a TEDx talk or, or whatever, or coaching. And, um, and it really, these tools have really, you know, helped people, uh, you know, live with more purpose, uh, which is what it's all about. When you talk about living with more purpose, is it more for them as an individual to not regret not doing something or maybe look at what can you do to grow as a person? Both. I mean, people are so busy being busy. It's like this weird fucked up badge of honor that we, that we wear around. Oh, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm so busy. What are you bragging or complaining? You know, like, like, like people are so busy being busy that they, they're busy on their to-do list, but not on their bucket list until something traumatic or dramatic happens to them or a loved one, or they get given a use-by date. You know, let's be honest. And um, and and people who are more my age, over forty, you know, they're uh, they need that wake up. I'm sorry, but they need that that midlife awakening rather than a midlife crisis. And and it's and it's funny because we're so busy on our to do list that we forget about our bucket list. But it, it, it's funny when people have and I've seen so many examples when people are get, who get given a use by date or something traumatic happens to them, you know, or, or someone close to them, suddenly people become infinitely resourceful. Suddenly they switch, they, they, they pivot on their priorities and suddenly their bucket list becomes of utmost importance. Um, or the things really, the things that they want to do for themselves, for their, with their families, etc. Um, and this is, this is just an opportunity when I hang out with people, it's just an opportunity for people to put their own oxygen mask on first so they can go and help others. It's a self leadership lesson, right? And it has a massive ripple effect into every other area of your life. It's not just about a bucket list. It's really about how a person reverse engineers every aspect of their life in order to make this stuff come to fruition. It's a growth of them on this journey towards a destination these predetermined destinations or self-imposed destinations. But more importantly, Alex, it's about the person that exists on the other side, the person that we don't know yet, right? 
you have no fucking idea what you can truly do in this life, right? You, you have no idea. I don't. But the thing is, people give up on experimenting or pushing those boundaries. And fucking shits me. It, 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 it depresses me that people give up. I think the human experience is, is experiencing as much as you possibly can while you're here. I don't know. We can get into a talk about afterlife and all that bullshit, but at, at the end of the day, I don't know. Let's have a let's have a fair dinkum, as we say in Australia, fair dinkum crack at this thing. Get curious about your potential. Get curious about what else you can do, not just about the travel, all the different skills and the people that you want to meet, the challenges that you can set for yourself, the different you know, the different things that you you know. Saturday, you know, go out and be curious. That's what it's about. I just had a conversation with my boss about this whole thing. Like we were talking about maybe we're struggling finding things to do in the job or maybe not being able to showcase our skills as much as we want to. And she mentioned something where like I'm at that age where I can go out and do something else. I'm not, I'm young enough and I don't need to stay somewhere and feel comfortable. You kind of have to go out there, experiment, and find something new. Challenge yourself. Find the next step in your goal that you're wanting to accomplish. Yeah. And it kind of shows what you're saying where it, you just don't want to be comfortable. You want to kind of go out there and find what's new. What's something new you can accomplish? And like bucket list style. What's something that you want to try? What's something that you're kind of scared of, but you know that you eventually want to do it. And I, I love the whole concept of the bucket mm. list is because it can mean anything. But yeah, look, but, but that being said, people, you know, human beings, you know, one of their greatest needs is certainty. People need a, de- a degree of certainty in their life. Right. If you're out there and you, ha- you, you it's very uncertain, scary as hell. Right, so we need some sort of system, routine, uh, habit in our daily life to keep us sane. Um, uh, but if it's mundane, if it's you're not enjoying it, well, what's the fucking use? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so I think every and it, it, it it's not up to you and I to to predetermine that for people. You know, people have got to got to um, get that happy balance themselves of, around certainty and uncertainty, um, and and uh, that is very different for different people. But you know, when when we go into like we do programs with uh, within big businesses, you know, we we do programs now from fam- for families to Fortune five hundred companies and everyone in between. And you know, when when we go into companies and we do we we've got this really cool program called the bucket list life plan um and it's really about helping uh teams and 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 staff and companies all come together do bucket list things together but more important it's about helping them get engaged in life I, i say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our career plan or our business plan should fit into our life plan and not be the other way around. So really bringing home that work to live principle, right? 
And, I, you know, our jobs or our business careers should do two things and two things only, spit out the cash flow and also spit out the time flow to allow us to go and do the things that we truly want to do, right? Double bonus if you actually like what you do, which 87% of Americans don't actually like what they do. They're, they're what they call disengaged. Is 87% of people who go to work in America right now, probably even worse now, um, who don't like what they do, who are just waiting till someday, the perfect time, waiting for the 401k to maybe kick in later on. I'm going to sacrifice my happiness now for the large majority of my life to enjoy later. And sometimes that later never comes, you know, or it comes way too soon. And so that that is super depressing to me that people don't make those choices early on and, you know, I think, but but I think optimistically that people are making those choices to go towards happiness because in the average lifetime of an average employee, people change their jobs uh, about 14, 15 times in their working career now versus 10 years ago, it was only seven times. Wow. That's, a, that's an interesting fact right there. When you're working with these companies, the Fortune 500 companies or families, What's something that is rewarding to you when you are working with them? I get sent, it's a good question. I get sent, um, you know, videos, photos or tagged on social media um, of families going living their bucket list and they tag me in, you know, like it might be years later going, oh, Trav, because of your seminar back in da 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 um, here we are at Disney World with the whole family and, yep, tick it before you kick it. And that's, you know, like, that's awesome. Or, or Trav, you know, I've, um, I don't know if you remember me. I get these every week, mate. I, I don't know if you remember me. I was in your seminar, blah, 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 years ago. And here I am. I've just completed a, 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 a marathon. Awesome. You know, and, and thanks a lot for tagging me. You know, like, or I've just completed my, my first book. Um, I, I wrote about my, my, my story, uh, like you suggested, it really was a really cathartic experience. And as a result, I've just published my first book and I just want to thank you. That's the shit that, that, that's what it's all about, man. So like the positive impact that these individuals are making in their life and like seeing them be happy and knowing that they overcame something and challenged themselves or wanting to go get further in their bucket list is the most rewarding part for you. Yeah. And I, I, my response is a stock standard, pretty much a stock standard re response, whether it be an I, whether it be Disney world, whether it be a marathon, whether it be skydiving, whether it be their book, my response is awesome. Thanks so much for tagging me. What's next. I like that the what's next is the important part because it's like you get you were able to do something now what's your next goal that you want to accomplish yeah during this pandemic time how has it affected the coaching part are you still able to do them or is it less than what it is now what you were wanting no we're we're actually reaching more people now than we were pre-covid we're doing more programs now more than ever before we're getting companies and, and groups coming together going, shit, I just want to, you know, like trying to maintain a sense of culture in a company is really hard when everyone's working from home. You know, suddenly we've been thrust into this remote work scene or this remote work environment where everyone's working from home and 
And, um, you know, we're getting a lot of companies or a lot of decision makers within companies saying, um, guys, we want to, we, we run it. We just want a positive excuse to bring everyone together online and not talk about work, you know, and, uh, and, and these, you know, everyone's, everyone's recalibrating on what, what, what is meaningful to them? Where, where is their happiness? They're recalibrating on their jobs and their careers and their businesses and they're innovating too, like never before, like we had to. We were all running offline programs. Now we're running, running online as well. Um, they're innovating, adapting, radically collaborating like ever before. I think the, you know, the, the concept of work and life has changed forever. Um, but, you know, Mental health is is a massive, a massive, massive issue. That's the main reason why we're getting called in at the moment to do programs. You know, to engage their teams, sure. Um, to give them, you know, give them something else to focus on rather than just work. Um, but but help them recalibrate on their happiness. Help them recalibrate on their true north uh, for that particular person. And uh, and and. You know, hopefully, not everyone's coping, you know, during these times. And hopefully these are some tools to be able to help people self-manage. For someone that's listening to this interview, that's probably maybe going through that situation with working with a team and everyone's virtually virtual right now. What's like one piece of advice you would give a team to help them overcome something, the situation that we're in right now? Um. Straight up, I, I would, and and I wouldn't recommend anything else. You just get, get if there's a team, um, get one of our coaches in to run a program for you. Because at the end of the day, um, it, it like I'm, I'm about to start one tomorrow, right? And, and we've got coaches in 70, we've got, sorry, we've got team um, in 60 countries. And I'm running a program for a team who's in 60 or a company that's in 60 countries and they're all coming together and um, hopefully they can all understand my Australian accent. (laughs) That's not my problem. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, you know, you need someone outside of that circle to facilitate a, a program properly. And that's why, you know, learning and development, HR, you know, within the companies, they're, they're outsourcing to us quite regularly to, uh, you know, get a bucket list coach in there to run a bucket list life plan program, 12-hour program or 12-week, you know, one hour a week over 12 weeks. That could, that's what that could look like where everyone comes together online. Awesome, awesome fun. A um, lot of accountability and uh, how how it, 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 it really helps people and it helps um the flow on from doing a bucket list into work is is crazy good it's unreal and it just helps them um get more engaged in their own life and more more engaged in their in their family's life and uh you know it's amazing for culture it's amazing for teams it's amazing to see how different levels within a company come together on a, you know, they, they match values. So they have these, these bucket list things in common before you know it, companies are doing uh, bucket list things together. And we, un, we unearth, we unpack and unearth all of this stuff during these programs. So you are a host of a podcast show. What one, what made you want to start that? Um, 
I was having too many conversations with interesting people and I thought I'll, I'll record these. Yeah. Because yeah, I come across them, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Hey, like, and I'm interested in, in how people got to where they are like you and how, um, how they, how their psychology works. So I've, I've talked to some really interesting people. It's got nothing to do with bucket lists half them, but I don't care. I just like talking to, you know, interesting people. Um, and I, I, I get, I tend to get some really out there kind of thought leaders who, who I'm, but bonus if it, if it, I, I, I get people on my show that I'm interested in talking to. It's a double bonus if, if my audience actually likes listening to it too. But, um, yeah, so the cool thing about my reach is I've been able to get some um, really different kind of people on, you know, to, and it helps me um, expand my awareness uh, about certain topics. And, uh, you know, so I'm excited about expanding it. You know, like just, just on just on my show the other day, I had uh, the founders of Mind Medicine Australia. That, so they're doing all experimental psychedelic research um you know and how how it affects things like mental health uh pds ptsd and they've they've uh they've got angel investors and um yeah vcs and all this sort of thing to uh to help uh, build my medicine in australia and they're doing like uh, uh amazing studies right now and uh and and championing that whole psychedelic um, clinical research uh, to to also help people with with mental health, and it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. You know, I could have spoken to them for like five hours. <laughs> I'm just sitting there. I forgot all my questions. I'm sitting there just going, "Tell me about that. How do you do that? And what what's the result?" And and I just like lost complete track of <laughs> my questions, and I just kept asking questions because I'm just a curious person. It's like I was having coffee with them. See, that's the best part, and that's why I enjoy doing this show is I love learning from people, and every interview I do, yeah. I always learn something new that I can take in yeah. my life and see and see where it goes. And like you yeah. said, I could take hours. I know they don't have hours of their time, but each episode I enjoy, and it's like it's a growing experience for me. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I love yeah. what I do. So what yeah. does the future yeah. look like for you personally and professionally? What are you wanting to accomplish next? Well, I'm building out one of my bucket list items right now, and that's my uh, legacy around bucket list coach. And, um, you know, until I'm 50, I'll be building that. Um, and I'll uh, build it out more and more with more team, more coaches, more programs, helping more people around the world. We've got our mission our mission is to help 10 million bucket listers live purposely fulfilled lives. So we're not even close. So 10 million, that's our big 10 year goal. Um, so that's, that's what that looks like. And, and, and uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, you're always going to be building team around you. So it's not just the Travis show. It's all about the brand. Um, so I can, that leverages me to then write more books, do more speeches, do more bucket list adventures around the world and, you know, come up with more innovative products and services to be able to help more people. And at the end of the day, that, that helping, helping people is one of my highest values. So if I'm not doing that at like a global level, I don't feel like I'm really contributing. I want to change. 
honestly changed you know changed the narrative around things like mental health and depression for someone that's listening to this interview what tips or advice would you give them to overcome their challenges accomplish their goals and rise to their challenge um be real with yourself like like when I say real to you, you know, be to be a less of a victim, more of a victor, play above the line. And what I mean by that is stop blaming the world for, and everyone else for your excuse. Stop blaming the world. All right. Stop blaming Trump. Stop blaming the Democrats. Stop blaming the news. Stop blaming everyone else for your lot in life. All right. Just stop it. Stop using excuses. All right, straight up. You know, yep, might have had a shitty childhood growing up, but you know, okay, enough is enough. Draw the line in the sand. It, it, it. The stories that you've led yourself to believe up until this this point in time are just stories. They're not facts. You've put to group. You've put together a a. a different circumstances that have happened in your life and you put them all together, created a story, put meaning over the top of it and it's become your identity. That, that can all be dissolved if you want it to be. So stop, you know, stop using, uh, and, and stop denying there's also a problem, you know, like if there's a problem, like if you've got no money, well, really you are poor. If you're fat, you're fat. All right. If you're single and you're lonely, just admit it to yourself. Stop denying that, that, that you're not. So again, being really real with yourself is of paramount importance. And then flip the script and take full on 100% accountability for your lot in life. Every single decision is, is yours to own. Be complete, like 100% ownership. 100% accountability to yourself and 100% responsibility is all on your shoulders. No one else's, not the government's, not your parents, not your partner. Fuck them all. It's all on you. That is the reality that people need to hear. Does that make sense? Yes. Because we're all blaming everyone, you know, like, and by the way, we oscillate between the two. We go from victor to victim, victor to victim. But at the end of the day, it's all on you. You just have to, right? you have to, to I've it. been helping people. I've been helping people both in the personal training, hundreds of clients, you know, hundred thousand clients. And, and now in this, it's like the, the biggest thing that shifts people is people's ability to take ownership over their life and over their results. Okay. And then get really clear not and get this stuff out of your head actually write goals down there's a miracle <laughs> actually write your bucket list down so you've got a 42 percent. a lot of people don't know this but you've got actually a 42 percent more likelihood of things actually manifesting if you actually just write them down remember that thing called pen and paper hmm interesting concept i know it's a but if you actually write stuff down get it out of your head and separate it from your daily to-do list you'll you'll find that things manifest a hell of a lot faster you always you're you know statistically you're already halfway there 
So you might as well take time out of your life. When you, when you decide to stop blaming the world and everyone else and, and using excuses, denying there's a problem, take full on accountability, ownership and responsibility for your lot in life, then get busy, get a piece of paper, write down what you want oh, I, and start with the baby steps. I totally agree with the writing it down. I mean, I write everything because I'm a person, if I don't write, I'm going to forget about it. And I have... Yeah a goal list going like what do I want to accomplish in the next year in the next five years what's some bucket list items I have and it kind of keeps me motivated I look at it every day when I'm at work and it yeah. keeps me going in the right direction that I want to the other the other thing on that Alex is also once you've written down your goals is look at the fastest way to achieve it right like mm -hmm. how can you straight line it and and rather than go like this you know one of the one of the hardest things to say if you're in business for yourself is is one of the hardest things to say is this it's really it, i mean it, you might want to write this down kids it's this statement a lot of people really struggle to say i'm being so sarcastic now it's it can you please help me <gasps> oh. oh my god if people just drop their fucking ego for a second and then ask people for help miracles happen yep i think people just don't want i think people are afraid to ask for help and they just want to do it themselves but they have a hard time possibly getting to where they want if they don't ask Successful people, I know this very well, but successful people get out of their own way, drop their ego and ask for help. Yep. I mean, the top CEOs nowadays, they had to ask someone to get to where they are today. So you can't build it. You can't build, you can't build a brand. You can't build a, uh, uh, you just got to ask for help. You got to get good people around you. Yep. Well, Trav, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I truly enjoyed hearing about your rise to the challenge, and we're all excited to see what the future looks like for you. Pleasure, bro. Uh, thanks, Apes, for having me on your show. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms, and make sure you follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full-length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.